special tonight. Psalm 78, and we're going to read the same scripture, and I'm going to give you part two of the message tonight. I'm glad we, I'm glad we broke it up like that, and that way we don't have to rush through it so bad. Psalm 78, when you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's all stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Psalm 78, verse number 1, the Bible says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children to the generation to, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And you may be seated tonight. I want to, again, give you part two of the message instructing the generation to come. We'll, we'll uh, review for about 60 seconds or so and then just jump right into the, the Bible study tonight. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be back at Sunday night church. Lord, there's something special about Sunday night church. And I am so thankful for all of these that have made a conscious choice to come out on sort of a, sort of a, a Lord, just a, a nasty night. But Lord, this is what you have for us. And so we thank you for the rain. And thank you for your blessings and your providence. Thank you for being, Lord, such a generous Lord and a great God of provision. Father, I pray now that you'll net our hearts together. And I pray that you'll settle us down, spiritually speaking. And I pray that we'll be able to receive something from this engrafted word. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. And we pray now for the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that our wonderful, glorious Savior would receive praise and honor and glory from all that's done. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, amen, amen. We said this morning from Psalm 78, we're challenged to show the word of God unto our children, or what the Bible calls the next generation. We're to, we're to pass it on to our generation. Then that generation is to pass it on to the next generation. We said there were several reasons, and that was the message this morning. First of all, for the purpose of propagation. And then we said, uh, well, let me read that verse for you if I could. Psalm 78, 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. And so for the purpose of propagation. The idea is that the truth will be passed on to generation after generation. So the truth, as we said this morning, is not fallen in the street. Not only for the purpose of propagation, but also, we said, to protect against preoccupation. Verse number seven says that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Even after the message this morning, we had several people come to me just giving me feedback from the message. And just, again, it just proves how, how relevant the message was this morning. And some of the feedback that we got was sad. 
Because it's evident that we're living in a generation now that basically has forgotten the things of the Lord. They know very little about church. They know very little about the Word of God. Even things that we would think are just sort of basic, things that, that we would expect. People are not really even mature in the Lord. We would expect them to know those kind of things people do not know anymore. And so we're to pass the Word of God down to generation after generation after generation to protect against preoccupation. But just for a little bit tonight, I want to give you some things that I believe the Bible teaches here in Psalm 78, some actual things that we are to show to the generation to come. We'll put a few of these things on the screen for you tonight. It, it's right here before us. It's easy to see. But how about this? First of all, we are to show to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Did y'all see that? Look back at your scripture again. Psalm 78, verse number four. And Asaph says, we will not hide them from their children. I love that terminology. Don't mess with my Bible, amen. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Now that's important. It's important. And, uh, and, and let me tell you why this is so important because the word praises here in Psalm 78 and verse number four really means this. It means a song or a hymn of praise. It's what it's talking about. When the Bible says, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, it is indicative of a song or hymn of praise. In other words, we are to show to the next generation music that exalts the Lord of glory. That's what it's talking about. I wonder tonight, what kind of music do you expose your children to? What kind of music do they hear on your stereo? What kind of music do they hear in your house? What kind of music plays on the stereo or the radio in your car? What kind of music are you showing to the generation to come? Now, you, again, again, there are some who would say, Pastor, you're really meddling today. I don't think I'm meddling. I think I'm preaching the Bible. I mean, that's what the Bible, I'm not going to tell you if it's, if it's not the case. In the Bible, when the Bible speaks of showing the praises of the Lord, it means to show them the right kind of music and music specifically that is going to glorify the Lord. This topic is so important that the Apostle Paul addressed it not once, but twice to the New Testament church. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 19, Paul said, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. But then again, the Spirit of God inspired him to talk about it again. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. Did you hear that word? Teaching. That's what we're talking about. Passing truth down to the next generation. What's one of the best ways that you can pass truth down to the next generation? Teach it to them in song. Man, sing it to them. Sing the Psalms to them. Sing songs to them about Jesus and the love of Jesus. And, uh, and uh, boy, today, uh, as I, uh, uh, the kids came over to the house for dinner and, and Moses needed a nap. And so I said, come on, Papa, I was going to rock you. And so we went in the office and 
And uh, he sort of, he knows the drill, man. He knows, he puts his head on there and we start rocking. And I'll say, uh, do you want, uh, let me, you want me to tell you a story? Yes. And I'll say, what story do you want? And I know what he's going to say. Jonah and the whale. That's what he's going to say. And I told him, Jonah and the whale. And after that, we sang. We sang, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands and doing it happily. Action is the key to obedience, and joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. And then we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Now, you say, preacher, why is that? Because it's one of the greatest ways that you'll ever teach and pass truth down to your kids is by the avenue or by the vehicle of music. Listen to me now. The music, the music that you put inside of you and the music that you put inside of your children will remain and have an effect for a very long time. Now, people don't like my preaching because a lot of times we just deal with the issues head on. But you know what? We need to deal with these kind of issues in the church because little by little by little, we're migrating away from good Christian music and more and more uh, people of God are listening to country and more and more people of God are listening to rock and listening to all the and rap and all these kind of things. And this is all I'm saying. It is time that God's people get back to music that glorifies the Lord and music that sends a message of truth to the next generation. Listen to me, church. Music has power. We can debate about that all day long, but it is a fact. Music has power. Listen to one article. I just, just drew this up. One article said, said this. The fact that music evokes emotion is obvious. Not only does it make us feel happy, sad, or want to get up and dance, but certain melodies are embedded in our memories. So when you hear a tune from a scene in one of your favorite movies, it immediately takes you back to the same feeling you had watching that scene. Or when you're driving in your car and an old song comes on that you heard with your first teenage love, it brings you back. That song, maybe even your song, still has meaning. Long after the relationship faded, or maybe it's sadness you feel in hearing the song again in a nostalgic way. Or think about how you feel when you're in the ballpark and are singing the national anthem and tears come to your eyes. Or in the seventh inning stretch when you chime in to take me out to the ball game and your tears well up because you remember singing it with your dad. That's so true. Music has power. Music has power. Listen to this. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame describes Jimi Hendrix as arguably the greatest instrumentalist in the history of rock music. Now, we would not agree. In 1968, Rolling Stone declared him the performer of the year. Music Echo honored him with the world top musician of 1969. He was the top musician in all of the world concerning rock music. By the way, in 1970, Jimi Hendrix died by choking on his own vomit because he was full of drugs. But I wanted you to hear what Jimi Hendrix said. Quote, he said, atmospheres are going to come through music because music is in a spiritual thing of its own. 
You hypnotize people to where they go, right back to their natural state, which is pure positive. Listen to this. And when you get people at that weakest point, you can preach into the subconscious what we want to say. Now, again, we can argue all night long. Truth is, Jimi Hendrix knew something a lot of people don't know. Or at least uh, he knew something that a lot of Christians won't admit, and that's this, that power ha- that music has power. And so Christians say, oh, preacher, you know what? Stay out of that part of my life. I'm not in that part of your life, but he is in that part of your life. And uh, listen, you do what you want to do. And here, here, here's the fact of the matter. One of these days at the judgment seat of Christ, I promise, I can make you this promise. You will not stand before your pastor. You won't answer to me. But we will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll answer for what we do. Music has power. And you know what? Music stays with us, doesn't it? And so the Bible says here that that we're to pass down the right kind of truth and we're to pass down that truth by using the right kind of praises or the right kind of, of music to our children and our children's children. So number one, the praises of the Lord. But there's something else. Number two, I love this. Number two, the strength of the Lord. Look back at your scripture again, Psalm 78 and verse number four And Asaph says, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. And then he says, and his strength. In other words, Asaph is saying, one of the things that we're going to pass down is not only his praises, but we're going to pass down the strength of the Lord. It means this, the word strength means forcibleness, forcibleness, or I love it. It stems from a word that means prevail, prevail. We're going we're gonna to show to the next generation that God can give you the strength to prevail over any obstacle. And by the way, he can. Church, I'm glad. I'm glad that I can come up here and I can tell you, you know what? He can give you the strength that you need. What drugs cannot do, what alcohol cannot do, what uh, immorality cannot do, what living uh, a godless life cannot do. I'm glad to tell you that God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, can give you the power that you need to live the victorious life in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Listen, I'm telling you what the world cannot do hallelujah he can do he gives us the strength to prevail psalm 28 8 the lord is their strength and he is the saving strength of his anointed psalm 29 11 the lord will give strength unto his people the lord will bless his people with peace i was thinking this week as god was dealing my heart about this message there was a song that we used to sing and for the life of me, I could not recall the rest of the song. But maybe some of you know it. And it goes like this. It goes like this. Christ never fails, for he always prevails. Strength for thy labor, the Lord will provide. No, I've been thinking about this, that, that this week. 
And I'm so glad that, you know what? God can give you what you need to prevail. Even in the dark times, even in the stormy times, even in the valley, the valley times. And how many know this, that we've seen that exhibited at this church time and time again. If you've been here any time at all, oh, I want to tell you what, we've seen that come to pass where people in this congregation were going through the fire, they were going through the valley, and we watched as God gave them strength to prevail, and they kept on going. What would have destroyed the world, they kept on going because they had God that was pushing them and strengthening them. I thought, I thought about Brother Eugene. Really, really just weeks ago, we laid Brother Eugene's wife to rest. How many years, Eugene? How, how many years you all married? 24 and a half years. My wife and I were there. They let us in. And we were there the day that they took Melinda, uh, took, uh, Melinda off, the, uh, off the, the, the ventilator. But I saw, I saw, although it was a sad time, I saw so much strength in this family. And I just, I just, and and by the way, there were other people in that waiting room, weren't there, Eugene, who were very upset. By the way, not directed, not related to this family. They had their own issues going on and very, very upset. And yet we watched this family come together and love each other and pray. And Wednesday, after uh, she passed away, Melinda passed away, we had the funeral. and, And you know what? That next Sunday, Eugene was right back at his place again. Just a few days after we laid his wife, I mean, laid his wife in the ground just a few days later. Uh, and by the way, before that, he said, Preacher, I'll see you Sunday. I'll see you Sunday. And the world steps back and the world looks at that and they say, Wow, what in the world? What is it that motivates you Christians? What is it that gives you strength? What is it that helps you to prevail? What is it that helps you to smile and have joy and gladness even in the dark times and the bad times? And I want to tell you what it is. Hey, it's Jesus. That's what it is. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The sweetest name I know. Oh, I'm glad that I can tell you. He'll give you the strength to get you through. Now, this is why I'm preaching this. Hey, folks, we've got to take that message and we've got to pass it on to the next generation. Because he will and can give them the same strength to prevail that he has you and I. And so, how about this? The praises of the Lord. The strength of the Lord. But how about this last thing? Number three, we're to pass this on. The wonderful works of the Lord. Now look what it says. Psalm 78 verse 4. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises, that godly, exalting music, and his strength to prevail. But then he says, and, oh, I love this, and his wonderful works that he hath done. That word works in Psalm 78, 4, it means this, by implication to be great. But it has a secondary meaning. I love it. <laughs> you say, man, preacher, what's wrong with you? I get excited about the Bible. That's what I... It means this. The word works in Psalm 784 means this. It means things too high. Things too high. In other words, we ought to share with our kids the things that are too high for us 
that only God can do. Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen, this is what I'm saying. Let me tell you what you need to teach your boys and girls. Let me tell you what you need to teach your teenagers. Hey, Sunday school teachers, when Sunday school takes back up, let me tell you what you ought to be teaching your pupils in your Sunday school class, you that work in the public school system. Let me tell you what you ought to be trying to hand down to those kids in the public school system. Oh, I know. They say it's not allowed, but I'm just telling you, we need to pass on to this next generation that there are some things that are way too high for us to do. There are some things that I cannot do. There are some things that you cannot do, but there are some things, hallelujah, glory to God, that he can do. Oh, yes. Now, how many know the world is trying to, they're trying to belittle the works that only God can do. They want to try to explain everything that God does. And truth is, there are some things you just can't explain. They're trying to, you know what, man, man doesn't want to give credit unless they can take the credit. And so because of that, they are trying to belittle the works that only God can do. You don't have to turn there. Romans 1.23 and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And so now we've got a generation that's teaching our kids that are saying, you know what? The worlds do not, did not come into existence by creation. You see, it all happened because of evolution. Now, the only reason they say that is because they can explain evolution. They can't explain God. By the way, you'll never explain God. God doesn't have to be explained. And God doesn't have to jump through your hoops or my hoops. And, and God doesn't have to dot every I and cross every T that we want him. You know what? God is God. And you'll not put him in a box. And, uh, but they say, well, you know what? All of this came to being. We're just a mistake. We're just a, we're, we're, we're just a cosmic mistake, you know, that happened. Evolution. You know, first I was a tadpole when I began to begin. Then it was a, then it was a, uh, first I was a tad, uh, first I was an amoeba when I began to begin. Then it was a tadpole with my tail tucked in. Then it was a monkey in a coconut tree. And now I'm a professor with a PhD and they try to have us believe that that's, that's how it all happened. I'm just telling you you can't explain it all but just because you can't explain it doesn't mean it isn't so. There are some things that only God can do. At Calvary Baptist Church we've seen God save people that only God could save. I don't have the time to give you all the illustrations. I wish I did. We've seen hardened people come in this church. We've seen drunkards come in this church. We've seen drug addicts come in this church. And some would look at them and say, there's no hope. <laughs> but I'm so glad that what programs cannot do, thank God the gospel can do. We have watched as God has healed those who only God could heal. Illustration after illustration after illustration we could give you tonight. We've watched as God has divinely protected those who were in serious danger. Just weeks ago, Brother Alan Hopkins, one of our deacons, and Ernest White, were on their way back from Mississippi or Louisiana, somewhere down that way, and they're coming through Georgia. You know the story. Brother Alan is driving a crane that weighs 80 
80,000 pounds. 80,000 pounds. The crane loses control. Brother Allen can't control it, loses all of its functionality. That crane not only, not only runs off a major interstate right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, but there's one of these big gigantic poles that, that stems up and then goes across the interstate and holds the different interstate signs. Brother Allen not only runs off the interstate, but he hits that pole head on. That crane takes the pole out, takes the signs out, goes down an embankment, 80,000 pounds. And basically the crane is destroyed. The cab is gone. The cab where Brother Allen's seated is gone, disintegrated. When they finally get down to the, the crane, they can't even find, they can't even find Brother Allen. They can't find the cab. It's completely gone. It's completely disintegrated. And yet, they find that this crane that is mangled and partly disintegrated underneath, underneath that crane. As that crane was coming down the embankment, it was scraping up dirt, scraping up dirt as it was going. And just on the other side of that dirt lay Brother Allen. They bring him out, and, I've t and I told him, I said, Brother, there is not a doubt. God hid you in the cleft of the rock. When trees and shrubbery and signs and metal and glass is breaking, and yet sometime, somehow, <laughs> somehow God Almighty reaches down and he just cups his hands around that deacon there in that New Testament church and, and God says, I'm not done with him yet. I'm going to protect him. I'm going to watch over him. I'm telling you, there are saying things too high that you cannot explain and I cannot explain, but there is a God tonight. We've got to pass that on to the next generation. We've seen God save those who only God could save. We've seen God heal those that only God could heal. We've seen God protect those that only God could protect. We've seen God miraculously provide as only God could. Only God could transform the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove into a bulwark of faith in this county and give us this beautiful campus. And by the way, Calvary, can I say this? Don't get over it. I don't want to get over it. Amen. I came by here last night just to check on things. Nobody was here except me and the Lord. And when I have the opportunity, especially when I'm by myself, I like to come down and just kneel at the altar and say, thank you, Lord. You see, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're seated inside of a miracle. There's really no reason <laughs> that this place ought to be here outside of God. I mean, I just passed her folk. Union Grove, North Carolina. Sometimes it's not even on the GPS. I mean, you know, country. I'm talking about country people. And yet God has saw fit to provide miraculously for this work. You probably don't know this. At least some of you don't. But early on in the ministry here, it was different. Miss Ann could tell you what I'm talking about. She's been our treasure for a long, long time now. And when I first came to Calvary, we just we didn't have a lot to do with. 
Now, we always tried to pay our bills on time. But Ann would call and she'd say, Preacher, I'm going to lay this bill till next week because we can only pay these this week. And it won't be late. We're just not going to pay it yet because we don't have the money to do it. And we begin to pray, and God's people begin to pray, and little by little, you know what? We begin to see God do the miraculous. I remember I got a, a, a call on my phone. Doug Addis called, and he said, Pastor, he said, we want you to come over to Grassy Knob Baptist Church. We're going to have a meeting. Uh, several people, I, we need you to come. And so I, I went over there to the meeting, Grassy Knob Baptist Church, and, and there were four churches that had been left as the benefactors of a man that I didn't even know. He visited here occasionally at a revival, didn't attend here, wasn't a member here when I came, but he just, you know, just visited here for revival and, and enjoyed his time here at revival. And in that meeting, we learned that we were one of the four churches that were a benefactor of that man's estate. I'll never forget, the little Parsons was right down here at the time. Doug Addis came by my house and knocked on the door days later after that meeting and handed me a check for the church for $21,000. Well, you say, preacher, that's not much. You got to understand something. That back then, $21,000 was like a million to us. I mean, it was like a million. I mean, when he handed me that check, I was like, whoa. Man, what a God. God's so good. Listen, Calvary Baptist Church, I can't tell you the miracles after one miracle after another that God has done at Calvary Baptist Church. There's no explaining it. You can't give the glory to a preacher. You can't give the glory to an evangelist. You can't give the glory to a deacon. You can't give the glory to a church member. Hey, there are some things that are too high that only God can do. And so we're down here. We're trying, we're trying to build on our property down the road here. And we just can't get traction. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. We run into this hurdle. We run into this roadblock. And we just cannot get, we just can't get it going. And all of a sudden, we're in California. And one of our people texted me and said, Preacher, there's a for sale sign on the land across from the church. Did you know? I was like, no, I didn't know. A little bit later, one of our other church members texted me and said, Preacher, there's a for sale sign on the land across from the church. Did you know? I said, well, I do know now. One of our church members, you know, they text me. That night, I'm at Lancaster Baptist Church in Lancaster, California on a Sunday night. And all of a sudden, my phone, I, heard, I felt my phone vibrate. And I looked at my phone, and it was the realtor. And I don't even know how she got my number, my personal number. And she said, Pastor Pope, I'm just letting you know that I'm handling this case. And, and she said, the property across from your church is for sale. And then she said this, but it will not stay that way long. People are already looking at it. I said, thank you. I'm in California. I'll be back in just a few days. And we'll try to go forward with it when we get home. By the time we got home from California, someone had already placed a bid on the land. But you're sitting, you're sitting on it tonight. And not only did God give us this beautiful, by the way, one of the most beautiful spots. If you don't believe it, just come around here on sunset and just park over here and watch the sunset as it sets over these beautiful mountains. And God not only gave us this beautiful property, but then he gave us the property next to it. And maybe before it's all done, God will give us the whole hill. Amen. Now this song I'm saying. There's no way to explain that. 
other than there is a God. And I wish I was at liberty to tell you that you, I wish I could tell you the miracles that God has already done today. Today. Incredible. Mind-blowing. The miracles that God has already done. Now, we're done. This is all I'm saying. You know what we've got to do, church? We've got to take these things. The praises of the Lord. The strength of the Lord. The wonderful works of the Lord. We've got to take these things and we have to pass them down to the next generation. Let me, let me give you this and we're done. Just in case there's somebody here that's sort of wondering. Preacher, what are, what, what are you talking about? All right, let me, let me help you. I can remember my wife and I, and the kids were smaller then, but we went, we went to the coast to camp with my mom and dad. And, uh, and I can remember, my wife can probably recall this too, I can remember one morning outside of the camper, we're all seated around the picnic table, didn't have a schedule to keep, and mom and dad just began to testify. And my wife and I, we were just sitting there listening. And my mom and dad began to go back when they were just young married. And, and dad said, son, we didn't have hardly anything to do with. But he said, you know what? When we got saved, and he said, we decided we were going to give to the Lord. And he said, we, we just started giving to the Lord. And he said, you know, he said, ever since we started giving to the Lord, he said, we have never lacked. Amen. And my daddy would say, you can't outgive God. Amen. He said, if you'll give, he said, God will give it back to you in a big way. And, 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 and he said, it may not seem like it. And it may not seem like it's coming when you think it ought to come. But he said, God will always take care of you. He'll always bless you if you'll be faithful to him. Now, wait a minute. What was dad doing? Dad was taking these truths and he was passing them down to the next generation. Dad would say, when I mowed the yard at Eufaula, I made $10 a week, $10 a week. And dad, if he said it once, he said it a hundred times. Dad would say, now son, a dollar that belongs to the Lord. A dollar that belongs to the Lord. And then he'd say something like this, if you'll give to God, God will always take care of you. You just give to the Lord, God will always take care of you. And what was, what was dad doing? He was passing these truths down to the next generation. Hey, grandparents, I know you're limited on what you can do. But these things, you can do it. You can say to your grandkids, if you'll just give to the Lord, God will always take care of you. You know what? If you'll just be faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. Hey, if you'll just do what God tells you to do, God will bless you. If you'll just be faithful to church, the Lord will take care of you. You just be faithful to God. God will always bless. And just, you know what? Just pass those truths down to this next generation. Oh, man. We got to do it. We got to do it. I wonder how many would. I wonder how many young parents we have today that's in this room tonight. And God would burden your hearts. And tonight, you would say, you know what? We're going to start passing these truths down to our children so they do not forget the Lord. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together tonight. Lord, what a simple message. But I pray that you'll take it, and I pray that you'll use it for your good and your glory. 
Father, help us to take these wonderful truths. Lord, the praises of the Lord. Music that exalts the Lord. And then the strength of the Lord and the wonderful works of the Lord. And God, I pray that we'll pass it down to our children. And then I pray that our children will pass it down to their children. And then their children will pass it down to their children. Lord, that's your plan. God, tonight I pray, and I I appreciate what you did this morning, but I pray tonight that you'd work in, in hearts, in the lives of our parents and our people. And God, I pray that you'll help us to be faithful in this thing we've preached about today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask a question. First of all, how many are here tonight? And you'd say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved and I'm going to heaven when I die. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right now? Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you another question. How many are here today and you'd say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand. And if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that right now? You'd raise your hand. Let me pray for you. Is there one? Preacher, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd raise your hand right now. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? If you're here tonight and you're going to be baptized, I'm going to go ahead and let you, if you will, to make your way to the baptistry rooms. Hey, Mom and Dad, would you pass the truth of God's Word down to the next generation? Let's all stand tonight, if you will, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, it's been a phenomenal day. We thank you for the great music. Thank you for the wonderful fellowship. And God, we just... Thank you for letting us take a few minutes to try to preach and teach thy precious word. Lord, I pray that you're working hearts tonight. A lot of young parents here, a lot of little boys and girls. Father, give us mamas and daddies. Give us grandpas and grandmas that will do their best, Lord, to try to pass down these truths to the next generation. Father, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. And Father, we thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name.